who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. Brother Hard Revis, that's the blessing. Amen, amen. Brother Richard Cole down there, Monday preached on the five stones that David had that he went to the brook in God and he preached along the lines of what each stone could stand for. He said one of them had to be commitment. David had to be committed to that fight. He also went on with all five of those stones. Even though it only took one stone, he wanted us to understand that he had brothers. Then Friday night, he kind of tied Monday and Friday together. And he finished up preaching on how that those men, which were his brothers, and he preached on the battle never ends, really. Because it come to a time when he had to kill the four brothers. You think about it, we're living in a day and an hour when I read to you here in chapter number 18, he said, I will love the Lord, oh, my strength. The Lord is my rock. You remember David went to Goliath and he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. He didn't come in, in his own might, in his own strength. Now I'm just laying the ground rules. Just stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Turn with me, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. We need to be committed. Yes, we do. Are you there? Say amen. Start in verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat. Stay with me now. And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Are you with me? But with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Well, if you think about it, if he's our rock and he's our strength, he's our comforter, he's our buckler, he's our shield, then why would he be displeased with us? He was displeased with many of them. I'm asking you this morning, what is it about you that God is displeased with? I'm sure that you realize all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Is it in your commitment? 
One of his stones had to be courage. Now, I didn't write none of this down. I'm just giving it to you as God's giving it to me. Courage. I mean, David was a little bitty feller. He was really the least of his brethren. And surely the least that was in that army. And all Goliath had to do was walk out and shake himself. Can I tell you, church, hey, the election may not went the way we wanted, but it went the way God wanted it. Amen. I may not understand it, but I have to accept it. David stood there, went to the brook. He picked up five stones, one for the job at hand and one for the four tasks ahead. Church, we got a task ahead of us. The, the devil is trying to destroy the church, period. Are you going to let him? Are you going to let him by your uncommitment? Are you going to let him because you don't have courage to stand and, and stand for God? I was disappointed a while ago when he said, Who all's riding the float? I, as the pastor, was disappointed. You say, why? Where was your courage? Where was your commitment? Now, where really was your caring? Listen, if David hadn't cared, he wouldn't have stayed in the fight. How do you know that? What did David say? Is there not a cause? This uncircumcised Philistine coming out just shaking himself is there not a cause that, that we should stand together, bind together? Maybe it, it boils down that we're not saved. Because unsaved people is uncommitted people. If you're not saved, you've never made a commitment to Christ. If you've never bowed before God and said, God, I'm lost, I'm undone, I need to be saved. You will not be committed to the church. You will not be committed to the things of God. You will not be committed to the reading of God's word and your prayer life because your selfishness will take over. Your priorities will take the priorities of God. Your priorities will trump anything that God has got going or doing or saying or any function that God wants you to attend, your selfishness will do it your way. David stood there as a little ruddy boy, and here was the whole army of God shaking and trembling. And one little boy said, Listen, God delivered me from the bear. God delivered me from the lion. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defile the army of God? But we as a church sometimes sit idly by and we wonder why our Christmas parade ain't more about Christ. It's because Christians won't get involved. They won't be committed. They won't be the courage to get on the float and ride the float and be seen in public saying, I am a Christian. I belong to Charity Mission, Free Will Baptist Church, and I'm proud of it. Amen. And he said here, he said, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant. 
Are you ignorant this morning of the devil's devices? Now think about it. How many times have you heard your pastor say, beer went on sale the day I got saved? Temptation. But you have to stand and face those things. Yes, the flesh is subject to sin. Are you with me? Say amen. Turn with me, if you will, in Matthew chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7. Verse number 24. Are you there? Say amen. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon the rock. No, a rock. There's only one rock. There's only one rock that you can build on that the foundation is sure. And that's the rock of Jesus Christ. If your foundation is not grounded in the virgin birth, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, your foundation will erode. Our, our evangelist told this. Brother Jason did. Just because it feels good don't mean it's right. This cause that foundation feels good don't mean it's the right foundation. I, I'm made to believe this morning if you're building upon that rock, the Word of God said, and when the storm came, not if it will, not maybe it will, but when the storm came, it beat upon it, it said. Do you think that the world is not beating upon our foundation right now? The world is trying to separate us from this old King James Bible. Do you know that there's over 1,500 versions of the Bible in the world today? 1,500, over 1,500 different versions. So if you're a pervert, you can probably find a version that will agree with that. If you're a drunk, you can find a version that will agree with that. And no matter what you are, you can probably find a version of the Bible that will agree with your sin. Oh, it's not that bad, they say. What's one little drink going to hurt? Well, the Word of God said not to put it to your lips. That's good enough for me. I'm talking about the rock, the rock of courage, the rock of commitment, the rock of caring. Hey, our rock cared for us. How do you know that? He died for me. Amen. He died for you. Where's your commitment? Where's your courage? Now think about it this morning, church. Are we united in Christ? Or are we divided? Are we united in our walk together because of the blood? Or are we divided? I, I've heard this over the years of my pastoring. Well, I kind of believe it this way. Well, is that the way it's written or is that just the way you believe it? Hello? You better believe it the way it's written. Amen. The Word of God tells you this is not for private interpretation. The Holy Ghost gave this Word as God gave utterance. The Holy Ghost gave it to men and they pinned it down. We don't need your private interpretation of it. 
a little wine for the tummy. You know, that's a private interpretation, isn't it? Oh, a little wine won't hurt me. No, it'll make a drunk out of you. How do you think a drunk started? Hello? How do you think a pervert started? Just one little page at a time. How'd the dope addict start? Just one little pill at a time. Oh, just one little toke of marijuana won't hurt me. No, it won't hurt you. It'll just lead you to something that'll kill you. One drink of alcohol can lead you to be a drunk. Destroy your liver. Destroy your marriage. Do you know every alcohol drink you drink kills brain cells? And believe me, you can't afford to lose none. David had the courage to step out front. Even though the whole army... Now listen, you all ain't getting a picture of it yet. David was not trained for the army. He had not went through boot camp. He had not went through all of the training and words and uh, scenarios that they give them. But he knew God. He knew God was his backup plan. He knew God was having him in the battle and that God would not be defeated. And church, if we'll stand together for the cause of Christ, we will not be defeated. But the world is chewing on us and gnawing on us. They would love to see the doors closed at your church. They would love to see you at home watching it on television. You say, preacher, what's wrong with that? Well, who has control of what they're putting on television? Stay with me now. Don't let me lose you. Don't dry up on me. I'll amen it myself. You know good and well everybody that's on TV is crying, holy, 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 ain't holy. Everybody on TV is saying, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord, ain't godly. Everybody that's on TV that's saying, oh, bless me by giving. They ain't using it for the cause of Christ. You won't give to the local church and you won't come and sit in the local church. You won't back up the local pastor. But when you die, you call the local church and the local pastor to bury you. Oh, get the church and let them bury me. Get that preacher and let him bury me. Well, what did you ever do for the church? What did you ever do for the cause of Christ? Why do you want to be preached into heaven when you live like hell all your life? David said you need some commitment. You need some courage. You need some caring. Do you care if these doors are open or closed? Do you really care? I'll see you on the float then. I'll see you up there singing. Hey, if you can't sing a lick, I know you can eat. There ain't a soul in here that's being bottle fed. Don't point at Isaac. Son, he'll eat it off a spoon face. You can shovel it in him. I know I tried to feed him one day. I thought about just turning the jar up and let him suck it all in the way he was gnawing. Little Hensley acting thing. You couldn't get it in him fast enough. I'm trying to hold his hands and hit his mouth. He wore it and I did too. 
What are you saying? I'm saying he was hungry. He wanted to. Are you hungry enough that you really want it? Then why are you living ungodly, unholy? Why are you not caring? Why are you not backing up your church? Why are you not attending church? Why are you not praying? Why are you not reading your Bible? Why are you not really seeking God earnestly this morning? We need somebody to have some commitment and courage and caring this morning at the house of God so that the God's house will keep the doors open and we can pray one for another and we can help keep the devil at bay. But you and I don't really see the need of it, do we? Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which buildeth his house upon the rock. And the rain descended and the flood came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. Why? Are you with me? Say amen. For it was founded upon a rock. What's yours founded on today? Turn with me in the book of Exodus, chapter 13. Exodus, chapter 13. Verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Preacher, why did you read that? Well, let me tell you something. The Word of God tells me there's coming a day when the Spirit of God will not be here. He didn't take it away by night. He didn't take it away by day. He wanted to lead them night and day so they could be safe. But there's coming a day, church, when the Holy Spirit of God will no longer be here on earth. Now you can be here that day if you want to, but I don't want to be here that day. Why? I want to tell you why. Because without the Spirit of God here, nobody will get saved. You talking about hell on earth. You talking about raging storm. You think it's bad now? You wait till God pulls His Spirit from this place. That's the only thing that's kept the devil at bay now is praying churches, praying people, praying saints that believe that the holy word of God is still holy and the blood still saves. Now you think about it. Where is the devil working the hardest right now? Right here in the Bible Belt. Our values are being eroded by every single election that comes by. They're whittling their way into power. Be not dismayed, he said. These things must come to pass. Why? Everyone that gets voted in means I'm a day closer home. And some of you haven't heard this saying, and I may use it a lot in the next few months. Can I give you some good news? How many want to hear some good news? Everybody's going to heaven. 
They are. They're going to go to heaven. Everybody, I don't care how you lived, I don't care what kind of sinner you are, you're going to go to heaven. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let that soul come in. Here. Smoke your dope, drink your liquor, do your dope. Hey, run around with a bunch of whores and whoremongers and whore hoppers and whatever you want to do. You're all, everybody going to heaven. But you ain't going to get to stay. See, there's the kicker. Everybody don't get to stay. You're going to go up there and be judged for every deed done in the body, whether good or evil. Now, I don't know about you, but if I got that close to heaven and couldn't step through the doors, that's hell enough for me. See all that joy and all that splendor and all that love and that peace and the warm sunshine and the fruitful trees and the joyous people and couldn't go in? That's hell to me. And him have to say, depart, I never knew you. Yeah, everybody's going to heaven. But who's going to get to stay? That's the question here this morning. If you're not upon this rock, let me, let me tell you something. It's been said here, Brother Richard said it down there. He said, you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or fixing to go in one. He was preaching on where David had to finally kill the brothers. Battle after battle after battle after battle. Anybody in here not in a battle? Hold on, you will be. Anybody in here coming out of a battle? Thank God. Get ready for the next one. And the Bible said that David, even David, was faint. He was faint. What does that mean? You think everybody don't get weary in the battle? You think coming and pastoring this church is an easy program? I think it's 51 or 2 people here this morning. That means there's 51 opinions. Hello? There's 51 problems. Stay with me. Means there's 51 needs answers. Where's the answer? In the book. In the book. What rock do you need this morning? I told Brother Richard after he preached that service. I said, Brother Richard, I carry my rock with me. Just in case I have to throw it. I ain't going to throw it unless God guides it. And when God guides it, he'll do the job he sent it to do. Now you think about it. Here's a little old ruddy boy facing a 10-foot giant, a spear that he probably couldn't even carry, a shield he couldn't pick up. I, it took everything he had to get the sword to cut his head off. Now you think about what I'm saying. And he's standing here. Everybody has already run scared to death. wound her up. Shoot. Well, if you know anything about inertia force, I know that's a big word. That means for every action there's an opposite and equal reaction. 
Inertia force hit him, and he should have went back, but he went forward. I like what Brother Richard said about that. He said, I believe the Holy Ghost and God said, bow right in the back of the head about the time the rock hit him to make sure the impact was good enough to kill him. And he fell forward. Let me give you my version now. This is my version of why he fell forward. All shall bow at his feet. All shall bow at his feet. He had to fall forward to be in bowing position. Prostrate before the Lord. Deader than a doornail. Why? Because somebody had a little courage. Somebody had a little commitment. Somebody had a little bit of caring in them. They went to the battle in the name of the Lord. What did you come to church for this morning? So somebody would see your clothes? So the preacher wouldn't fuss at you next week because you wasn't here? You didn't want a phone call this afternoon saying, where was you? Are you sick? What's the matter? Can I help you? That's the only reason you come this morning? Or did you have some commitment and caring? One other thing I want you to see, and I'll try to close this message this morning. God didn't pick the rocks up for David. He had to go choose them himself. Now think about this. How many rocks was in that brook? But David chose five on purpose. Remember the story of the handful of purpose? So purposely God put five stones there that would do the job. Now hold on a minute. I'm going to help you a little bit with math here. A smooth stone has traveled a many a mile under pressure, turmoil, and raging waters to make it smooth. What is he saying? To get you smoothed out, you're going to have to go through some troubles, trials, and tribulation in your life. But one day if you'll stay in the brook, and the brook is a representation of the Holy Spirit flowing, if you'll stay in the brook where God has got you, yeah, you're going to be tumbled. Yeah, you're going to be troubled. Yeah, you're going to be tried. But one day he'll pick you up out of that brook, set you in a place called heaven, and he'll never have to worry about it anymore. You'll be smooth sailing from there on. But we got to get there. Are you committed enough this morning for the battle that's ahead of us? Do you have enough courage? He asked us not to faint not and not to get weary in well-doing. He said, faint not and don't get weary in well-doing. I want to say to this church, what we did last Saturday was a miracle. I mean, look at the rain and the storm and the money that was raised anyhow. Why? Somebody had some commitment. Somebody had to have courage to stand out there. I'll just be honest with you. When that rain blowed in, we was trying to cover all that stuff. I was praying, God, please don't let this effort go to waste. Amen. Now, Chris, I'd have had to call on you pretty heavy because I'd eat every bite of it before I'd let it went to waste. I know you would. 
I know men that'll help me. Got my back. I know others in here is pretty good eaters I could call on. You know, these skinny fellows, they eat a lot anyhow. They just don't ever gain no weight. Makes me madder than fire. I can watch a commercial and gain three pounds. I can smell a cake and five pounds just plops out. I'm going to eat it anyhow. Right? Who was committed? Who gave the effort? Everybody that baked a cookie or a cake or sung a song or pulled a tent pole and stood out in the rain, they gave the effort and they had the courage and they had the commitment. Are you that committed to Christ? Got quiet. How much rain would it take for you to quit? How much criticism would it take for you to quit? Now listen to me, I'm finishing. David brought food to his brethren in the battle. Listen to me carefully. Because his father sent him. David didn't go down there on his own. He went because his father sent him to the battle to check on his brothers and to take some nourishment to them. And the brothers didn't like it. Chris, how many messages have we preached? Howard, how many messages have you preached? People didn't like it. You got down where there's living, they didn't like it. You told them what was wrong according to the word of God and they didn't like it. There he was because the father sent him, brought food, and they didn't like it. Now hold on just a minute. They were in that same army that was scared to death. How do you think they felt when David stood up and said, Is there not a cause? I'll fight this devil. That uncircumcised Philistine, he ain't defiling my God no more. Don't you know his brothers felt about that big? Don't you know their indignation was raging in them? What's he doing down here? He's just come down here to show us up. Well, bless God, I'd be ashamed too if the least of the crowd got up and done something that the biggest in the crowd wouldn't even attempt to do. Hello, somebody. Isn't it sad that, that the least, and I, let me go back to this just a second. If it wasn't for women in church, there wouldn't be no church. If it wasn't for the effort of women in church, the floor wouldn't be clean, the bathrooms wouldn't be cleaned. You nasty hog men that come in here, eat, slop, and leave. Hello, somebody. I'm fixing to preach a little bit. You know why? Because us men are lazy. No commitment, no caring, no courage. Woo! I feel like preaching now. I'm about to get this off my chest where I can preach. Isn't it sad, folks, that the women have to stand up and be the man? Ain't that sad? You ought to go with us to Jamaica. Congregation of 50. Might be two men. Yeah. I have been in them and had a hundred and didn't have one single man. Had some boys, but no men at all. 
Deacon Mack at the very first church I went to was the only male in the church. He was 86. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad that a man won't stand up and be a man? He said, when I was a child, hello, Whoo! I'm hurting myself and I ain't preaching good, am I? I'm just preaching the truth. I'm sorry, it's truthful. When I was a child, I thought as a child. I spake as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. We need some men folk. We need some Davids. We need some willing to go down to Brook, kneel down, and look and see if you can find five things you need to do for God. Boy, I'd like to preach tonight on being a man. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, folks. Be a man. Be a man. I don't think I'm going to take a popular vote for me this morning, Heard. I don't feel real popular right at the moment. But isn't it the truth? Where's our courage, man? Where's our commitment? Where's our caring? Let me see if I can close without getting shot. I ain't got a dollar to put in the church this morning, preacher. I'm sorry. Talk around a little while. I bought a new bass rod yesterday. That thing was on $89.95. Had been $199. Ain't no wonder you ain't got no money to put in God's house. You're thinking of your house. I've said this a many a time. Let me say it again. I hope it hurts your feelings. I really do. I hope this burns you up. If you spent more on Coca-Colas and sodas this week than you put in the offering plate, shame on you. Ain't a soul in here couldn't do without a Coca-Cola. Well, you'll survive without them. Yeah, you'll survive without them. Water will do you a lot better. At least it ain't killing you. Hello? Unless you're down at Camp Lejeune. And then that down there, they say it's killing them. So. But isn't it funny that we think more of ourselves... Uh, let me just hit cigarettes and chewing tobacco and dipping while I'm there. Oh, I know it ain't popular, but I've got to preach it anyhow. Have you ever given God the amount of times you spent in cigarettes, chewing tobacco, dip? I don't see how anybody affords to be a drunk and smoke at the same time. I can't afford that, Rick. I'd have to get two jobs. I mean, cigarettes is outrageous. I don't know how much booze is anymore, but if they went up like cigarettes, I couldn't afford to be a drunk. Hello? Have you ever given that much to God? Let me, let me, I'm going to sharpen this pencil. You're just going to kill me anyhow. Well, let's get it over with. I'll speak for myself. 
when I used to smoke or dip and chew and I done all three at one time so I can preach to you. If I didn't have a cigarette, I'd have walked to the store in the rain to get one and took the last dollar I had in my pocket to buy them. So don't snarl your nose up at me and say, you don't know what you're talking about. How many's ever smoked a duck out of the ashtray? Honey, the baby needs milk. It's too late. I ain't going. Oh my God, I'm out of cigarettes. I gotta go. <laughs> Somebody say amen right there. You know it's the truth. Ain't that sad? You know what it is? It's where our desire is. That's what I'm trying to preach to you this morning. David had a desire to stand up for God, with God, and through God, and he won the battle because of God. You think you can't conquer the flesh? Jesus proved you can conquer the flesh. I've never been 40 days without food, have you? I hear you. That's pushing it, ain't 40 minutes. I ain't preached 40 minutes yet, so don't give up on me. 38. Isn't it funny? When we have a great desire, we'll go to extreme measure. Do you know how many radiators I pulled out of junk cars to sell to buy booze? You ever pulled a radiator? That ain't an easy job. Oh, rusty water pouring out. And all you could think about, I'm going to get $6 and get a six-pack. Yeah. How many cars I crawl under in the mud and work on them so I get a few dollars so I could blow it on my, myself for my desires. I couldn't come to church, preacher. It was raining. I couldn't come to church, preacher. The wind was blowing. And you're sitting out there in a snowstorm hollering for a ball game. You're sitting out there in the rain. And watch little Johnny play ball. You drive all over the country. I, man, I'm meddling bad this morning, ain't I? Let me, let me just finish. I'm trying, honestly, I am. Lord, it's 1230. Isn't it funny that you'll drive 14, 15, 20 miles to walk around the track and fuss because you have to walk across the parking lot. Hello? Am I telling the truth this morning? Isn't it funny that we don't have the courage and commitment that we should have if you had to park up yonder behind the little church? You ought to come down through there and shout, Thank God the house is full. No, I bet them I ain't got my need. If I get my need, I'm going in there. If they're my need, I'm going to throw them out. 
come in here with no haughty spirit like that and then want to say, Oh, how I love Jesus. I'm so committed. Take me to Broughton. <laughs> Preacher, what are you trying to tell us? Tanya, can you sing Rocks in My Pocket? She sang, how many knows that song she sings? When I started thinking of this message, I thought of that song. And I thought, listen to me. David picked up five stones. He used one. He put four in a pouch. Because he knew the battle was coming. He knew that battle was coming. Let, let me say this. I read to you about a spiritual battle, but he was in a fleshly battle also. Now listen to me. Those four stones is stones that we need to have in our pocket. Commitment. Courage. Caring. I hadn't even mentioned the fourth one at all, have I? Coming. Lord, I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep coming to the altar. I'm going to keep coming to you, Lord. Now, these ain't what Brother Richard preached on. He preached on courage and commitment, but these others is what God gave me. Lord, I'm going to come. I'm coming to church. Lord, I'm coming to the altar. I'm coming to read the Bible. I'm coming to hear the message. I'm coming to hear the testimony. I'm coming, Lord, to be a part of it, not to sit on the pew. Because I have commitment, courage, and I care enough to keep on coming. So what kind of rocks you got in your pocket? I'll have two or three of these rocks. I didn't like what he said. He hurt my feelings. He preached too long. Can I give you one more rock situation? Tanya will come and sing. The crowd didn't like him, preacher. The crowd got mad enough and they began to stone him to death. You know where I'm at? Oh, Stephen didn't feel the stones because he was looking up. He was looking at Jesus. He didn't feel them stones. You know, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you won't hear a lot of that ridicule because it don't matter. You know, I, I've been preaching a long time now. 35 years I've been preaching. You know, there's people still waiting for me to fail. I've been married 50 years and they're still waiting for my marriage to bust up. I told you it wouldn't last. Well, he died. They buried him. He was there till the end. What else do you want? Come on, sis. And say. But the Bible said he looked up and saw Jesus. Who are you looking to this morning? 